Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning to all of our listeners. It is time for Real Presence Live on your Real Presence Radio Network in the Upper Midwest. My name is Monsignor Patrick Schumacher coming to you live again from my office of the Church of Corpus Christi in Bismarck. We've got another great show planned for you today. Uh, Eli is in Bismarck. Eli, uh, welcome to Bismarck and welcome to Corpus Christi. Hey, thanks, Monsignor. Good to be here. You're usually, it's the same voice. But you're usually far away, at least 190 miles away. That's true. You ever wonder on the radio, like you hear a voice and you kind of wonder what they look like? Yeah, all the time. I Mm -hmm. never would have guessed that's what you look like. (laughs) Dude, is this what I would look like? Well, see, I've met you before. I know what you look like. (laughs) (laughs) But it's great to have Eli here to uh, get us on the air, to take care of us. We're in great hands today. As we begin the day... Uh, A great gospel for Mass today from Luke chapter 5, where our Lord calls for fishermen. And he uh, says to Peter, uh, put your net down, put into the deep water, lower your nets. And Simon Peter said, Master, we worked hard all day, all night, we've caught nothing. And Peter says, but at your command I will lower the net. I remember visiting the Sea of Galilee, and there's a sign in one of the areas by the shore of the Sea of Galilee. I was going to go to the Sea of Galilee. I I was scheduled to go to the Holy Land this fall. That all got messed up. But there's a sign there that quotes Peter's words in today's reading. The sign says, Master, at your word, I will let down the net. And then the sign goes on to say, The words and deeds of Jesus are not actions of the past. Our Lord is still looking for men and women who are prepared to take risks, who are prepared to let down the net. I always thought that was uh, inspiring. We have Titus in the house. We have Romeo in the house, my two Dalmatians, and we have some great guests coming up. We're coming up on um, many interesting interviews At 9.04 Central Time, four minutes past the hour, wherever you are, my first guest just visited Bismarck and just visited the Church of Corpus Christi. We have him by phone. He's returned to Texas. Steve Angrisano is his name. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, Monsignor. Great to be with you. <laughs> Thank you for calling back. I, I asked uh, when I saw you this weekend to, uh, to give us a shout, perhaps on my radio show, to, to let us know a little bit more of, of who you are and, and what you do. But before we talk about the mission we just had at Corpus Christi in Bismarck and the work you did here, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Steve. Well, I'm a musician and speaker. I publish music with Oregon Catholic Press, which uh, a lot of times the misled or hymnal in your pew comes from there, and you might have some of the music I've written there right in front of you on Sundays. I I, I call myself a music missionary. You know, the my goal has always been simply to 
allow people to have an encounter with God as best I can as I work with whatever parish I go to. And, you know, I did not know when I came to Bismarck. I, I, I knew it was a great parish, but it's actually quite a, quite a, quite a large parish and an amazing, an amazing place to be. And we had a great time. I, I, what I did there is pretty typical. A lot of times I'll be in a parish for a parish mission or, uh, to do a, a concert or a workshop with musicians, something like that. But but what we did there uh, encompassed a men's retreat, a women's retreat, an outdoor concert, uh, an indoor con- <laughs> an outdoor concert, and an indoor concert. And it was the same. It was the same concert. It's just that it rained halfway through. <laughs> it it rained a little bit. We got enough. We got enough of it in. Uh, Steve Angrisano is my guest. He was just here in Bismarck. You're calling to us from your your home in Texas, right? Coppell, Texas. I I am. Was. 101 degrees already, I think, so. <laughs> you you lived in Denver for a while, is that right? The Denver, Colorado area? That's right, 13 years. And my, and my, my daughter and her husband still live there. I, I got to know you a little bit. I, I, I had a, hosted a dinner on Friday night with with you and uh, Sarah Hart was here and my staff and it was a it was a lovely evening uh yeah. staff and friends and I I got to know you and I got to visit with you I found you to be a a, a delightful man and and uh f- full of energy there's a there's a great underlying humility that you have and really a sense of service um you you are certainly a, a, an effective ministry leader in, in the church today um you you are a musician you you are a, 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 a songwriter and a singer in, in being a musician. Um, you um, conduct parish mission youth events. Um, you performed at seven World Youth Days. Tell us about some of them. Oh my gosh, yes, I have. And you know, the first it's funny because it was just pr- pretty recently an anniversary of the. Uh, we're coming up on the anniversary. I think I got an email for a little celebration. But when the when Pope John Paul came to the U.S for the first World Youth Day most of us Americans had ever heard of is uh, when Pope John Paul came to Denver, Colorado. Yes. I did not live there at the time, but I was invited to sing in the Papal Welcome. And so I was in Mile High Stadium as part of the music, and it, it's very difficult to describe, Monsignor. It, we've, we've all seen and heard images like this before now, but at that time, a stadium filled with young people that it's usually they're there for a football game and and that big military helicopter comes and lands next to the stadium and the crowd I, i'll never be able to explain what it was like and as you know pope john paul now saint john paul came up onto the stage i was sitting next to a friend and and i kid you not he was just like you do you, there was like a smell of roses. It was people just clamoring to get near to him. And, um, you know, he's just a man. I always say to my friends that are Protestant that, that were, that say, I don't understand. I'm like, well, he's just a man. However, he is a man who's given himself completely over to God. And you could feel something in that stadium that I really think transformed youth ministry in the United States forever, you know, forever. The, the sense of who we are as the body of Christ and of the love that the Church has for young people. Most of the first 10 years of my ministry, probably a little more, was all youth ministry. Today, a lot more working with musicians or during the parish mission, but but at first it was all youth ministry. And, and I'd have to say, you know, we greatly underestimate the enthusiasm and the power of, of the young Church. And, 
you read only bad things on the news, but to see uh, so many faithful young people throughout the years that I've done this and, and how they grow to be amazing leaders in the church, it's been very fulfilling. The, that World Youth Day moment sticks out to me, and and uh, and then in the more recent one, you know, when we had World Youth Day in Rio, I would say uh, they had to cancel where we were going to have the big vigil in Mass because there was flooding there, and so we did it on the beach, and and really? there was this iconic moment where uh, Pope Francis uh, does adoration the night before the closing Mass, and and a friend of mine, uh, Matt Marr, goes comes out, just one person and one guitar, and kneels down and begins to sing a song he wrote, which many of you probably know. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. And two million people just kneeling and praying. Many of them don't even understand English, but they could feel that the song was yearning for God. You know, it was... Looking back at that, I was literally on the front row, and that's one benefit of doing this for so long. I, I did get a good seat occasionally. Not always, believe me, not always, but occasionally. But to sit there and look back and see millions of people just praying in adoration, that those are things, unless you experience them, I don't think, I, I think they are transformative uh, for people, even though those kind of pilgrimages, as you know, can be hard and difficult, and it's not all in English, and some of the kids are sleeping through the homily at Mass, and you want to pop them in the head, and the Pope is talking, and you came all the way here. Well, they're just exhausted, and the, you know, but, but in those pilgrimage journeys, they're just grace-filled moments. Steve Angrisano is my guest. He is a nationally known songwriter and um, a, a very effective uh, minister in, in so many ways, and with youth as well. He just played uh, all the weekend Masses here at Corpus Christi this last weekend with, uh, with Sarah Hart. I asked him when he got back safely to Texas to give us a call and, and let us know um, more, more about him. Steve, uh, I have a question for you. Uh, what would you say, not to the youth as much as to the parents who are listening right now, maybe concerned uh, about their young people? I alluded to this in my homily this past weekend of, of, of parents who are, who are concerned of um, kids who uh, no longer practice the faith or may be recalcitrant in different areas, may be hostile yep. to it. Um, not speaking to the youth as much as to the parents today. It's, 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 it's hard on them. When, when their children leave the church, it's something they grieve. It's, it's a great loss. Um, yes. And um, I, I want you to speak to them today because they're, they're, they're listening. Well, two things. One, I'm going to quote uh, a very wise man, Monsignor Schumacher, who said in this homily this weekend, because I heard it every time. <laughs> you know, it, it did happen to be the feast of uh, uh, St. Monica and then uh, uh, St. Augustine this weekend. And so you said wisely, you know, St. Monica prayed and prayed for 18 years or something, prayed and prayed for her son, singularly for her son's conversion. And and if we believe in the power of prayer, we continue to pray for our kids. Uh, my my second uh, thing that I've noticed in my own family, uh, extended family and immediate family, that that you know, do not underestimate the instructiveness of simply living the faith, living the faith, so that our children see, you know, who as a, as I often say, who we are and whose we are, and that they know where our strength comes from because. 
I wish it wasn't true that in difficult times when we can't find answers, we sometimes turn to God because we can't think of anything else. But our children have those moments, too, where they're trying to make sense of life, and and they're putting the pieces together, and it's not working. And it, it will, unfortunately, our words, oh, well, you should pray more, will be very ineffective. But they can, they will come to that conclusion more often than not on their own when they run out of other options, and I think God uses that. I will say this, so many people listening probably have younger children or teenage children. Um, don't underestimate, you know, two statistics I'll share really quickly. Um, the, the depressing one, quite frankly, is that 80% of our Catholic young people take a confirmation class. You know, 80% of those young people going through confirmation somewhere, 7th, 8th, ninth grade, wherever it is for them, uh, will not be practicing adults in the Catholic Church, which is a very demoralizing statistic, not simply because I work with young people in the Church, but because it's the most important decision they can make. Um, you can flip that statistic around in, in two, two separate studies, one from Georgetown University, uh, CARA Research, a couple of different Pew Research. These are very reliable places. Um, 80% of young people who pray daily stay faithful. I mean, just the routine of saying grace before meals, of saying one decade of the rosary during Lent with your kids. Don't don't even try to make them pray a whole rosary if they're resistant, but a decade of the rosary, grace before meals. Keep God in their life. Let the conversation continue with them and and the Lord. And then the other, and it's, it's just what the statistics say. I'm not trying to confront anyone, but 80% of young people whose fathers go to church and who have at least one friend, that is a friend at church and outside of church, uh, stay faithful. And you know what all that means, Father, is that um, when church isn't in a box, when Dad chooses to come with the whole family, when I have friends that are faithful, even at school, changes the way I see God. We can affect change in those areas, and we need to try. Steve, hang on past my break, if you can, as we come up on 15 minutes past the hour on your Real Presence Radio Network. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. This is Real Presence Live. Steve Angrisano uh, was just in the Diocese of Bismarck. It was not his first trip here, but he was here for the weekend Masses. We're going to talk more about his experience of the Church of Bismarck after this break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. 
Honor your father by word and deed, that a blessing from him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live, coming to you live from the Church of Corpus Christi, my office where I am pastor. Steve Angrisano was my guest. Steve, we visited at the restaurant establishment we were at on Friday about your song, I Am the Bread of Life. And I I, I told you that when I taught high school, I, I had a student that wanted, wanted one, uh, one quote from each testament, okay? He, he said he didn't want to get crazy, just give him one uh, uh, quote from the Old Testament, one quote from the New. So, so Exodus 3.14 is obviously from the Old. This is where God reveals his name to Moses. I am who am. Um, that's what he was to say to the Israelites, I am, Exodus 3.14. I think God revealing his name has to be the one quote from the Old Testament. From the New Testament, it's where our Lord uses that and says, before Abraham came to be, I am, which is ego me, I am who am. John 8.58 is the second quote where Jesus identifies himself as that name of God. And I like in that song, I am the bread of life, how you use I am who am, and I am for you. It, to me, that was ego me, John 8.58. It brought back some great memories of my high school years. Tell me about that song. Is Steve still there? Yeah, can you hear me? Uh, yep, yep. Uh, I, am, I am the bread of life. Uh, tell me about the origination of that song. Yeah, I, I wrote that song with my friend Tom Booth, and we sat down to write it, and it, it was interesting because typically when you write a song, you know, you write a chorus and a verse, and, and most people are familiar with those forms. But as he, he sang for me, I am the bread of life, I am, and he had written a line that really captivated me, I am the shepherd's might. And so uh, we played with that a little bit, and, and similar to what you're saying, although without the without making, in some ways, the connection between the Old and the New Testament that you make for me, we said, well, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I am who I am. I am who I am. And that's such a powerful statement. So that's the last line. I am who I am, and I am for you. Come and follow me. So we, we wrote that, and then rather than write a verse to go with it, we wrote a second piece that says, I am bread for the world. 
hope for the hopeless and the two sing together. So while one part sings, I am who I am and I am for you, the other sings the sort of Eucharistic uh, uh, counter melody that goes with it. And, you know, as we wrote the song from a distance, a lot of people ask, how do you write together? So many of these songs that you see today are co-written. And a lot of times it's a lot of pressure to be in a room with someone and someone says, hey, they sing something brilliant. So <laughs> typically, typically that's too much pressure for me, to be honest. So typically what will happen is he'll say, what do you think about this? I am the bread of life. And then I'll say, yeah, what if we just make four I am statements? I am, I am. And he, and then he answers back, well, let's use I am who am. That's a, that's a cornerstone. Okay, great. And then we fill out the song and we're, it's literally voice memos on the iPhone back and forth, you know, and, and, uh, what was funny is when we wrote that song and sent it, oftentimes a song takes a while to kind of, it's a slow burn in liturgy. You write a song and it may be years before people even really hear it. It takes years to get it in the book. Uh, we sent it to our publisher and they said, oh, we'd like to publish that this year. That's, and, and then we made a video. And so really it's, it was a very quick pass from when we wrote it. And I think because it speaks, the best songs just say simple truths, you know, and just the same reason you pulled that quote for a high school student who asked the question, you know, I think that the song uh, says something very simply as you're headed to communion. If you can say, I am, you've already, you've already learned half the lyrics. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that makes it easy to sing and pray. Uh, Steve Angrisano is my guest and uh, we're visiting with him about his, his work. Um, he is a, a songwriter, a singer. Uh, you may not prefer his style of music, but we all have to agree he's a committed witness uh, to the life and love of Jesus Christ. That we all are, all are in agreement with. And we, we know, Steve, that people have different uh, tastes of music, different preferences of, of music. Um, yeah. uh, looking back on your time in, 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 in Bismarck, and it was a delight to meet you. It was my honor. Um, how did you tell us about your experience at the, the, in the diocese here over the last three days, last weekend, and, and the Church of Corpus Christi, and you gave some mission talks, you worked with my youth, you gave a concert at my parish picnic, my first parish picnic here as pastor, yeah. Yeah. and I think, I think the first parish picnic anywhere for, the, for 18 or 20 <laughs> months' time. Uh, so how, how was Bismarck for you? Uh, Bismarck was phenomenal. You hit upon a couple things. One is, yes, I think, you know, I've been saying this uh, lately, it's been very good to be back together, and I know we have to be safe, and we have to leave it to our consciences and to direction of leaders, but, you know, the body of Christ needs each other, and one of the things I fear sometimes is that people that were kind of on the margin don't find themselves coming back to church. I really think it's up to the kind of people who would be listening to this show to knock on their neighbor's door and say, hey, let's go to church together this Sunday, and not make a big deal of it, but help people remember that we need each other. We're ne we've, never we've never gathered the body of Christ virtually. That's an illusion. I always say that. We may be using a <laughs> virtual medium, but there's no such thing as a virtual body of Christ. We're all gathered actually, uh, no matter how we gather. And, you know, the, the stylistic differences of music and liturgy is a great question. Probably a whole other show we could do one day. Um, I will say one thing I loved about your parish, as a, and, and I didn't say this to your music director or to you, just that I noticed, but the, 
you know, to me, in a, in a perfect world, a parish has a lot of stylistic components that, that if people are coming and they desire a traditional hymnody, if they desire a modern worship style song, that that a parish should be a place where you find all of those things. Uh, we we run we run a we run a spectrum of flavors, but you know, a parish is always kind of central to the community. Just like a bishop may be having a barbecue with the Knights of Columbus one night and saying the rosary with the ladies in the guild the next morning. Uh, you know, a bishop is bishop of all the flock, and I think a parish is a parish for all the people in those parish boundaries. And it's a misnomer that, that people who write more modern or contemporary music only like that, you know. And, and when I was a parish musician, we had a couple of masses that tended far more traditional, but we did some uh, more modern music, and parish masses that were far more modern, but we always included some traditional music because it's our heritage, and it's it's part of how we pray as a church. And I think the best musicians integrate music reverently and powerfully, and you can do that with any style if your gift, the gift isn't the style of music. I think it's the quality with which we integrate it into liturgy that makes a liturgy prayerful. Um, so I saw all of that at your parish. Uh, Steve Angrisano, before we uh, take a break here, Steve, and we say goodbye to you for the time being, what are you currently working on? If you can give us a little insight into the mind of Steve Angrisano. <laughs> My wife would say, that's a dangerous question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I, would, I, too, like you, was supposed to go in eight days to the Holy Land. I am uh, instead going to Nashville in a week and recording a sung chaplet of Divine Mercy, and I will say this before I go. Every Monday at 2 o'clock Central Time, I sing the chaplet of Divine Mercy on Facebook Live at Stephen Grisano Music. It's just a prayer that has drawn me closer into my and deeper into my faith, and I prayed it every day during the heart of the quarantine when we were all home, and still pray it every Monday. And I'm recording one of the versions that I, I wrote with Sarah, um, and I do several sung versions. I kind of alternate between them, but recording that and then working on a couple of, uh, working on a new mass setting, which I haven't published a new mass setting since 15 years, so working on that today. So that that's uh, where I'm working musically and, and just getting back out there. I finished a 12-day tour of parishes in Des Moines and your parish uh, in Bismarck, which officially was the end of summer. I always say... For a, for a musician, the beginning of summer and the end of summer are the first outdoor concert and the last outdoor concert. So you, Monsignor, were the end of summer for me. <laughs> Steve Angrisano, you're, you're a delight, and I want to thank you for all that you do, and you're a great inspiration to uh, Catholicism, to the Christian faith, to the uh, to um, the life and love of our Lord Jesus. Uh, it's a pleasure to interview you on my show. I uh, interviewed several Sarah Hart a couple of weeks ago, and it was just great to have both you and Sarah Hart here at Corpus Christi. You're welcome back here uh, anytime. And um, my, I, I heard your your night with the with the youth was was tremendous. We we, we could visit uh, Steve for uh, another couple hours uh, about what you do and your yeah. time here and and how we how we make uh, each other better. And you and you're right. Being together as the body of Christ was a, a truly a tremendous weekend for us. So um, thank you, Steve, for being on Real Presence Live. 
in the Upper Midwest Real Presence Radio Network. You're being heard from uh, Wisconsin to Wyoming, from uh, Canada down to uh, Iowa. So it's a it's it's a good chunk of property. And uh, and come back and, and visit us anytime. That's a deal. And thank you for what you do and your leadership and the beauty of your parish. That Saturday night, I will not soon forget. Thank you so much. Uh, pray for us, Steve Angrisano. We will pray for you. Um, I think we, we now have each other's cell number, so let's stay in yes. touch, okay? okay? That's a deal. Thanks. All right. Blessi- blessings <laughs> to you and your family. Thank you for taking time. You too, thanks. Okay, Bye-bye. have a good day. Well, there you have it. That's Steve Angrisano, and it's a delightful human being and an example of the faith. Again, you can say you don't you don't like his music. There are uh, either we talked about the different genres, and but you, you got to like him. And I would welcome him back. And anyone listening, remember what I say: listening to my show uh, is where the best teachers are the best thieves. And maybe you you get some ideas here for for your your parish. Um, and um, what we carried through uh, as an idea here at Corpus Christi was that we brought in uh, Steve Angrisano with uh, Sarah Hart uh, to do a parish mission to work with our youth and uh, and to uh, to work with our adults and to give a concert and it was a wonderful um, it was a wonderful weekend. We're going to take a break as we come up on 30 minutes past the hour. This is Real Presence Live. My name is Monsignor Mun- Schumacher, and we're coming to you from the Church of Corpus Christi. We'll be back in just one moment. Having spoken about youth, in my next interview, we're going to talk about formation for adults. And we're going to visit with um, a formation director here on staff at Corpus Christi. But in the meantime... We're grateful that you're listening, and we hope you have a great start to your day. If not, we hope it gets better. We'll be back in just one moment. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 